welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board today. And we got some things to dive into. But before we do, I must congratulate the Michigan Wolverines. Yes, let's go blue. Tonight, the number one Wolverines face off against the number two Washington Huskies. Is that I don't know, the the school from Washington, you know, quite frankly. Number two, uh, let's go blue. Come on. Let's bring home a national championship tonight yet again. So congratulations to uh, Coach Harbaugh and to Michigan. Let's go, Michigan. All right. So the congratulatory remarks out of the way. Uh I am, you know, I I guess I'm, I don't want to say I'm distraught. I'm not distraught. I don't even want to say I'm frustrated because I don't think I'm, I'm frustrated. I, I guess I grow weary of the, of the assault that the education system in this country is making on intelligence. I mean, the whole point of education is to teach to teach students how to how to be wise, how to be intelligent, how to be good citizens. I mean, there's a litany of things. And I feel like all the things that education is supposed to bring to the table to young people, I feel like our current education system is at war with those very things. And I'm going to explain to you why I feel that way. But before I do, Uh, I came across this quote the other day from Michelangelo. Michelangelo says, A beautiful thing never gives so much pain as does failing to hear and see it. A beautiful thing doesn't, you know, give out pain. Uh, You know, you experience beauty. There is no pain with it. The pain comes without us even realizing that the pain is coming. And it's when we fail to see and hear the thing that is beautiful. When we fail to see and hear, when we when we fail to experience beauty, then pain is the result because our lives are less because of it. Because we fail to see the beauty, our lives are less and more painful. Because we fail to hear the beauty, our lives are less and therefore more painful. And it seems to me that the the education system in this country is at war with things that would provide beauty to education. Things that um things that the kids need to to see and experience. And I'm not just talking about art here. Uh I'm 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 talking about things that are that are deeper. I guess I'm talking about philosophical things. There is uh, a magazine that uh, we subscribe to at Waterbrook. It's from Memoria Press. It's called The Classical Teacher. And in the uh, Winter 24 edition, there's, there's an article in there entitled, What Should We Lose by Our Ignorance? And it's fascinating. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to read some of it. It is by Sir R.W. Livingstone, uh, who passed away in 1960. 
Uh, he was born in 1880, and he lived in 1960. He was a British classical scholar, speaker, university administrator, and proponent of the liberal arts. Now, when in classical education, when we say a proponent of the liberal arts, we're not talking about liberals and, and what they currently bring to the table. It is a completely different definition. The liberal arts uh, are what comprise classical education. Yeah, uh-huh. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Uh, this article that I'm going to read uh, excerpts from was adapted from A Defense of Classical Education, which I believe was uh, Livingstone's book. And the book is available from Memoria College Press. And this excerpt is in uh, is from their, again, their magazine entitled The Classical Teacher. It's entitled, What Should We Lose by Our Ignorance? So think of this in terms of Michelangelo's quote. Uh, a beautiful thing never gives so much pain as does failing to hear and see it. Imagine for a moment that we had never heard the names of Greece and Rome. What should we lose by our ignorance? Those of us who read poetry would find much that was unintelligible in English authors. We should not know in Julius Caesar who the tribunes were, or what the capital was, or how Brutus and Antony came to be the heroes of Shakespeare. We should not know what sort of thing was that Greek urn which moved Keats to song. We should see that our poets had had the entry to a world from which we were excluded a world of some strange charm and beauty, for they moved in it as happily and as delightfully as in their own. Then again, the key to much of our own language would have disappeared. Most of its vocabulary would be mere sounds to us, calling up certain ideas, but leaving us quite ignorant how the words came to have their particular meaning. And this would be so not only with words like subliminal, hypochondriac, acolyte, but with quite common ones like angel, planet, revolution, Bible, conscience, etc. Further, the technical terminology of medicine, botany, and many other sciences would be a meaningless jargon. More serious would be the descent of darkness on the origins of nearly all of our civilization. We should be different from Indians or Chinese, but we should not know why. Certain words would be continually on our lips, certain ideals constantly before our eyes, but we should not know whence they had come. Politics, astronomy, drama, history, religion, anatomy, skepticism, rationalism, and a thousand others. We should know what these words meant to us, but we should be ignorant who first had used them, who invented democracy, the name, and the thing and what success its inventors had with their experiment, who first called the study of human destiny philosophy, and along what paths of thought his love of wisdom took him. Equally dark would be the origin of many of our institutions, including much in our legal system, and of arithmetic, geometry, astronomy, meteorology, medicine, and other sciences. The names of nearly all the scientists betray their descent. 
we should not know from what seed of original inspiration had come the architectural style of most of our public buildings and many of our churches. We should live ignorant of the rock whence we were hewn and the pit whence we were digged. A man who knows the origins of the world in which he lives looks at it with more understanding, walks in it with secure and more certain steps. He is less intimidated by words, for he knows their history, less inclined to their excessive respect or contempt for existing institutions. I'm sorry, less inclined to either excessive respect or contempt for existing institutions, for he sees how they came to be there. What should we lose by our ignorance? And I would say to you that we would we would lose much. Through ignorance, we would lose much. And it's my contention that the current educational system in America would wish for us to remain ignorant. It wishes for our students to remain ignorant of truly the things that matter. A man who knows the origins of the world in which he lives looks at it with more understanding. He walks in it with secure and more certain steps. He's less intimidated by words, for he knows their history. And I fear that we, we, we currently live in a country where the masters of education wish to keep the citizens ignorant. They don't want us knowing the origins of the world in which we live. Because they would fear that if we knew the origins of the world in which we live, that uh, we would look at it with more understanding. Then, then we would walk in it with secure and more certain steps. And this, um, this becomes a threat to them. Oh, Dean, you, you, you sound so um, uh, conspiratorial today. I mean, you, you make it sound like there's this cabal, this um, this elite mastermind group wanting to to complete us or, or to to completely keep all of us in in ignorance. Is that what I sound like? Because that's what I mean to sound like. Uh, I've got a plethora of examples before me today. We're not going to have time to get into all of them. We might have time to to get into some of them. I'm looking at an article here. It's entitled, Academics Call for Critical Race Theory to be Taught in Kindergarten. Warn of Racist Three-Year-Olds. That, that's the headline. It, so it, tell me that I'm, I'm incorrect. Somebody tell me I'm wrong. That we, we, we're currently living in a system where the educational leaders would rather teach kindergartners the, the basis of critical race theory instead of teaching them uh, about the origins of the world in which they live. Uh, because they, they don't want them to have more understanding. They don't want them to walk in, in secure and more certain steps. Uh, they don't want them to be less intimidated by words. They want them to be under their control, and they want to raise people to be divided against each other 
under the name and under the false guise of not being divided. They want to raise a generation of students who would be racist under the guise of, of teaching them how not to be racist. Uh, and it's it's backwards. It's upside down. It makes no sense. But the objective is to keep us ignorant. What should we lose by our ignorance? We should lose much by our ignorance. Um, this article says that there's a guide oh, that's being created right now, and it's uh, titled Reflections on Children's Racial Learning. It was created by a leftist organization called Embrace Race and shares strategies to effectively inculcate liberal beliefs on race among young children. It was written in part by professors at prominent universities such as University of North Carolina, Wake Forest, and they urge parents to have, quote, courageous conversations about race with their toddlers. They urge parents to raise racists. That's what they want to do. Um, parents, your 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 kids are going to be racist at three years old. And so, therefore, you need to have courageous conversations with them about racism. And in having these conversations, we're creating racists. That is the exact thing that's happening. Quote, children will naturally grow up to be non-racist adults only when they live in a non-racist society. Until then, adults must guide children's anti-racist development. This is what the guide is arguing. The guide adds that, quote, we have far to go before the U.S. can be considered a non-racist society. It's also claimed that by about three to four years old, white children generally show clear pro-white biases. So uh, racism is ingrained in, in white kids, and um, it's the fault of the white kids. Because by the time they're three, then they're, they are showing these biases, these pro-white biases. Uh, but, but instead, you know, so we're, we're, we're going to deliver this, this nonsense, this bunk, uh, when we could be talking about things of beauty, when we could be talking about things that hold much deeper meaning. And because we're not talking about these things of beauty, that's where the pain comes in. According to Michelangelo, the pain is experienced when we fail to hear and see the beauty. And that's what this that's what this teaching here, according to this guide, that's what it does uh, by this leftist organization called Embrace Race. It's their desire to withhold from hearing and seeing, to withhold the beauty. So therefore, we can instill pain. Oh, Dean, you just, I don't know, you sound so, uh, I don't know, so mean today, so somber, so, I don't know what I sound like. I just, um, I, it's, it's I, I'm, I'm tired of, I, I, I almost feel like they're getting away with it. I know they're not, 
I know they're not getting away with it, but I almost feel like they are. They won't, though, if more of us continue to rise up in opposition to it, if more of us continue to call it out, and if more of us demand, demand that our education go back to what it once was. Uh, go back to a classical education. I've got a, an article in here about a classical school. I don't know that I'm going to get to it today. I hope I do. Uh, it's classical school is under attack um, because, you know, <laughs> they're doing too good of a job making the public schools look bad. We can't have that now, can we? Mm-mm, no, we can't. Uh, we can't have these, these private classical schools out here, uh, you know, with with these you know test scores and proficiency scores going through the roof, we can't have that at all. It's going to make the others look uh, look incompetent. Well, you know, if the shoe fits, my friends, uh, this guide, this reflections on children's racial learning, this guide uh, is rightly being slammed by uh, parental rights activist groups. Uh, one of these groups is, uh, I think it's the group defending parents educa- uh, parents defending education. This group is great. These guys are out here on the front lines going after it. Um, they say this guide is a joke. It should not be taking should not be taken seriously by any professional conduct or by any professional connected to children's education. And we agree. Uh, you know, once we dive into the details of this, uh, you're just going to be um, you're going to be flabbergasted. I promise you that. All right. Uh, but we're running out of time in this segment. So we'll pick it up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD loud. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Welcome back to the Deep List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here 
on AmericaOutloud.news Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Eastern Time. We are happy to have you on board. And if you listen to us in the app, uh, you can download the app for your Apple, Android, or your Alexa. If you listen to the app, or maybe you catch us on podcast, you might not uh, have had a chance to go to uh, the website yet. Uh, you know, some of you I know listen to us live on the on the website via the media player, but others have not. Uh, go to the website. It's revamped. It's brand spanking new. AmericaOutloud.news. It's uh, it's organized in a wonderful way, uh, and it's just a good experience. You you, you can catch podcasts there. You can. You can read articles on all the current events that are happening from uh, just fantastic individuals. You know, people who legitimately know their stuff are on AmericaOutloud.news. So I encourage you to uh, visit the website, check it out, and um, I hope you enjoy it immensely. I know I do. I love it. So we started segment one with a Michelangelo quote, a beautiful thing never gives so much pain as does failing to hear and see it. And the implication here is that the beauty in and of itself does not, does not provide pain, um, or at least not as much pain as failing to hear or see it. That's where, the, that's where the true pain comes in, is when we fail to experience beauty. And my contention is, that uh, the current overlords of the education system in America purposefully withhold beauty from its students. I I read pieces of another article, or uh, from a article titled "What Should We Lose by Our Ignorance?" by Sir R. W. Livingstone, who who uh, was born in 1880, passed in 1960, and his words still remain. What should we lose by our, by our ignorance? And he's he's specifically referring to our ignorance of uh, Greece and Rome. What should we lose by our ignorance of Greece and Rome? And he starts listing things. Uh, you know, we would lose much depth from our poetry and from our literature. We would lose much depth from our language and understanding of words. We would lose much depth from our agriculture. But this is the quote that just that just jumped out and grabbed me. A man who knows the origins of the world in which he lives looks at it with more understanding, walks in it with secure and more certain steps. He is less intimidated by words, for he knows their history, less inclined to either excessive respect or contempt for existing institutions, for he sees how they came to be there. And this, to me, uh, seems to be a very fearful thing for the uh, for the elite class, for the overlords that are in charge. Uh, this this poses a threat to them, if their citizenry understands and knows the origins of the world in which they live, because they're going to walk in it with more understanding. They're going to walk in it with more clarity. They're going to walk in it with secure and more certain steps. They're going to be less intimidated. They're going to be more confident. Uh, and and I, I, you know, I look at the education system. I look at what's being proposed in this education system. And it is the exact opposite of instilling security and confidence in our kids. It is 
uh, it's a system that wants to instill divisiveness. They want to divide and conquer. Because if they can keep Americans separate, then they can keep Americans under under their control. Oh, Dean, you just sound like there's this, you know, um, this shadow group, you know, somewhere behind a curtain that's controlling things. All right. Okay. I mean, maybe I do sound that way. Uh, You know, but somebody tell me I'm wrong. I, I would love it. I would love it if somebody would tell me there's not this orchestrated effort to keep the next generation from uh, walking with secure and more certain steps. Do they know anything about Greece or Rome? Do they know anything about uh, the philosophical teachings that come out of Greece? Do they know anything about our language and our words and our architecture? That come out of Rome. Um, the, the, the article ends with this, this paragraph. It says, uh, Greece and Rome are complementary. Each has a deficiency and each supplies the other's deficiency. If nothing moves in the world but what is Greek, it is almost true to say that nothing stands but what is Roman. Combine the two and you have the strength of Rome without its hardness, the glory of Greece without its instability, and what is important for education. We have perfect models of two sides of human nature. Uh, and a classical education is, is centered on uh, the Greco-Roman tradition. You know, but but we have, we currently have a system in this country. And it's 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 what that's the education that our founding fathers grew up in. They understood the Greco-Roman tradition. They they understood philosophy. They read these writers. They read the Bible. They understood um, Jesus. They understood Christianity. I mean, it was Thomas Jefferson that <laughs> that put all the all the great philosophers side by side, and he came out and said the the, the moral teachings of Jesus are high and above the others. Uh, these men were educated in the great writings. They understood it. But today, you know, today we have groups that want to teach kindergartners how to be racist under the guise of not being racist, mind you. Um, but the guise is, is false. It's full of falsehoods. Uh, Embrace Race. This is the organization. And their guide is entitled Reflections on Children's Racial Learning. So to embrace race is actually to become racist. That's what it means. It's to become a a racist. Uh, Parents defending education are coming out and blasting this, and we support them. We support parents defending education here. Uh, Michael Exner, uh, a senior advisor, had this to say. Any individual or group trying to claim babies can be racist has seeded any pretense to be taken seriously. Amen. Preach it, brother. These people cannot be taken seriously. And, uh, and, and that's their premise that, ah, I mean, racism really begins at when you're a baby. The three-year-olds, they're racist. Four-year-olds, I mean, they're racist. Uh, I just, mm. Exner continues, at three and four-year-olds, or at three and four-year-old, children should be learning their numbers 
letters, basic social skills, not racially charged content that is being pushed on them by radical organizations looking to enrich themselves through race baiting. Could not have said it any better, Mr. Exner. It appears to me that that is the bottom line of these organizations, that they want to enrich themselves, and they'll do it any way possible. And race baiting is a great way to do it. And while enriching themselves through race baiting, they also achieve the goal of dividing the country. They achieve the goal of keeping people separated, of of having us look at each other with suspicion. Um, If we're going to look at each other with suspicion, we're not going to accomplish anything. You know what? Today is is the anniversary. Oh, where is my... um, Where is my calendar? Okay, here it is. Today, January 8th, is the anniversary of the Battle of New Orleans. What does the Battle of New Orleans have to do with anything that we're talking about? It has everything to do with what we're talking about. On January 8th, 1815, Andrew Jackson and his band of half-horse, half-alligator men, that's what what they were called, half-horse, half-alligator men, whipped the British in the Battle of New Orleans, the last major battle of the War of 1812. General Jackson, known to his troops as Old Hickory because of his toughness, had been placed in charge of defending the port city. As the British approached, he frantically threw up earthworks and assembled an extraordinary army of some 5,000 men. He had volunteers from New Orleans, including Creole aristocrats, tradesmen, laborers, His forces also counted from Tennessee, Kentucky militia, as well as free black men, Spanish, French, Portuguese, Italians, and Indians. Jackson even had help from Jean Lafitte, the infamous French-born gentleman pirate. The British had offered Lafitte money and command in the Royal Navy if he would help them attack New Orleans. Lafitte turned them down and offered his pirates to the American side. Jackson, needing every man he could get, said yes. The British, who ridiculed the American defenders as dirty shirts, came at Old Hickory at daybreak with more than 8,000 troops. As the main attack began, they fired a rocket. Old Hickory remained calm. Don't mind those rockets, boys, he said. They're mere toys to amuse children. As the Redcoats advanced, the Americans took aim with rifles and artillery. Boys, elevate them guns a little lower, Jackson ordered as he directed cannon fire. The battle turned into a rout. About 2,000 British soldiers were killed, wounded, or captured. The American toll was just 13 dead, 58 wounded or missing. Several weeks later, news arrived that American and British troop, troop that American and British negotiations had signed a peace treaty in Ghent, Belgium. Two weeks before the battle, still the victory electrified Americans, filled them with confidence and gave them a hero who would go on to become the nation's seventh president in Andrew Jackson. And while, yes, it's true that treaty was signed two weeks before the battle, the the negotiators, the, the leaders on the British side told the British commanders, even if you get wind, even if you receive news, that there's a treaty, you go full force with that attack. Because uh, British felt like they could still stake their claim to New Orleans. 
And that was the plan. But Old Hickory united a ragtag group of people that all looked at each other with suspicious eyes. And this is why this is important. They looked at each other with suspicion. The the, the, the French white people in in uh New Orleans, the the the, the Americans coming in, um the pirates who were there helping, uh the free black men, uh the 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 militia from Tennessee and Kentucky, the volunteers. This was this was a ragtag group that um that Jackson it, not only did he have to piece them together, but he needed the support of the citizens of New Orleans to, to rally behind them. And that support was lacking. And why was it lacking? It was lacking because they were divided. The people in the city were divided. They were divided by, by nationality. They were divided by the color of their skin. They were divided by the way they talked, by the way they looked. And what did Jackson do? Well, Jackson knew that everybody loved a parade. And so he threw a parade together. And the first group that came down that parade was the militia. Uh, and the people cheered. And the second group that that came in uh, was the um the sons and the husbands of the of the citizenry of New Orleans, and the people cheered. And then he brought in the free black men. And the, the writings say that if there was a lull in the cheer, it wasn't long enough to even measure because the, it just picked back up. The Creoles, it picked back up. Um, and, and he paraded his entire ragtag force through the streets of New Orleans. And he did it because he needed to unite the, the city. He needed a... Uh, a, a citizenry that was united behind him. He needed them to, to get behind and support the cause, and he needed everyone to be fighting together. Unity, my friends, is a very important thing. Now, it doesn't mean we're all going to agree on every single thing, but unity in terms of, of loving the things that are important, that is what's necessary. What's important? What are the things that are important? things that are true, things that are good, things that are beautiful, things that actually unite us, the foundational aspects of this country that, 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 that this country was founded on, that this country was built upon, the whole idea of freedom and liberty and equality for all mankind. Doesn't matter what your gender is. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter uh, uh, how you talk, we all have this glorious opportunity to achieve and succeed here in this country. And these are the things that need to be taught in our public education instead of, oh, you need to teach the third and fourth graders that we're all different color skin. And uh, that can be racially charged. Yeah. I mean, those three and four-year-olds, they come out, especially the white kids, those three and four white kids, they come out and they've got white biases. My first friend, I remember meeting my first friend. I don't know. I just know he had brown skin. 
and I didn't pay any attention to it. His name was Mark. We were building a house in a, in a brand new neighborhood we were moving into. My dad had, had bought a lot and we were building a house that was four years old. And I remember, uh, I remember being there during construction and this family coming, you know, down our sidewalk and it, you know, they had a little boy who was a month older than me. His name was Mark. And we lived in that house for uh, almost 10 years. And Mark was my best friend. And you know what? We met as four-year-olds. And I didn't even make note that he had different color skin than I did as a four-year-old. I was like, hey, hey, you want to be my friend? He was like, yeah, you want to be my friend? I was like, yeah, okay, let's be friends. And we hung out all the time. Uh, and 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 literally, to this day, he, he was my best friend growing up. And not once did I ever think uh, he and I can't be best friends because we have different color skin. There wasn't a single, uh, that thought never crossed my mind. You want to know why it never crossed my mind? Because nobody put it there. There wasn't an adult in a school somewhere telling me, you know, you're white. Uh, you know, he's not white. Uh, or there wasn't an adult telling him, you know, Dean's white and you're not, Mark. So you guys, you know, you're going to have problems. That that didn't exist. Uh, and, and that's what this group is trying to push down our throats. And we can't let it happen. All right. Ah. More to come. We're up against it. We will pick it up on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Deeds List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. America Out Loud Doc News was an idea a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. 
These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to The Deep List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board with us today. Uh, And hopefully, again, you've had a chance to visit AmericaOutloud.news. The revamped website is fantastic. It looks great. Uh, All the articles there are available. All the podcasts are available. And also visit AmericaOutloud.shop where you can find access to some fantastic products. One of my favorite products at the shop is Cofix RX. The throat and the nasal spray has bailed me out this winter. And I encourage you, this is not medical advice. It's merely anecdotal advice, which to me is the best kind of advice. Uh, But it has bailed me out. Cofix RX has bailed me out this, this winter already more than once. Uh, the throat and nasal spray is fantastic. Uh, use them together. And if you buy them together, use coupon code OUTLOUD25 to receive 25% off. It's a fantastic deal for a fantastic pot, uh, product. So uh, you're welcome. You are welcome. All right. So uh, we are discussing, uh, I don't I don't want to call it my lament. Really, I'm just, I'm, I don't call it frustration. I don't know what to call it. Uh, Maybe it's anger. Uh, I'm angered because there is so much beauty in the world. There's there's so much that's good, that's true, that's beautiful, that we should be teaching our kids. And uh, there's, you know, school leaders out there that would rather teach our kindergartners how how to be racist. Let's divide them. Let's not unite them. No, let's divide them. And, you know, we already talked about the Battle of New Orleans and the importance of being united and Andrew uh, Jackson putting that importance on full display. I mean, there were people in the town that said, you cannot have, you know, black men come in here and fight for us. And Jackson's like, what? You got to be kidding me. No, it doesn't work that way. No, I've got a regiment of black men, free black men. And yes, they're going to fight for us. They want to. They're willing. Uh, and he paraded him through town, and he he garnished the support of the people, and he did it by 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 changing their mindset. He did it by by causing them to realize, you know, it's really stupid that you think this way about someone just because of the color of their skin. You know, when they're here supporting and defending the same things you want to support and defend, what does the the, the color of our skin actually matter? doesn't matter anything you know we we believe in the same things and the same causes we believe in freedom we believe in liberty we believe in in pursuing uh happiness we believe in life we we believe in self-defense we believe in freedom of speech 
we believe in the freedom of religion that that we should be allowed to to practice our religion and worship our God in whatever way we choose without interference from the government, which that's not the case at this point. Yeah, and and what they fear is if white and black people get together and start defending liberty together, holy cow, it's over. It is absolutely over. And they can't have that. So at kindergarten, at kindergarten, mind you, they have to start uh teaching our children, oh, you're a different skin color, and that's you know, that's you know, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tough. It's, it's gonna be tough. It's it's gonna it's it's gonna cause problems. We're telling you right now, you've got to be aware, you've got to be mindful. Um, no, uh-uh. This push to teach critical race theory to our kids, um, you know, not only in, in this, you know, particular uh, school district, but it's it's coming amid a, a wider, you know, national battle over this ideology um, in American schools. Uh, the doctrine has been found you know, really in, in K-12 schools all over the country. Uh, we have educators and teachers teaching our children that America is systemically racist, you know, which means it's been racist from the beginning and there's no way around it. You know what? That, that's not a problem with America. That's a problem with humanity. And it's a problem with our stinking thinking. Uh, and, and that thinking needs to be removed. It, it needs to be disposed of. It needs to be, we need to be liberated from that thinking. Uh, you know, so we've got people that teach America systemically racist, white people enjoy privilege on account of being white, uh, and that uh, differences in outcomes between uh, groups of various colors uh, are attributed because of bigotry and discrimination. So that's that's what they want to teach kindergartners under the guise of of uh, of of not being racist. We're going to teach them that bigotry and discrimination comes because white people enjoy a privilege that others do not. And that uh, is what uh, Andrew Jackson fought against on this anniversary today in New Orleans. He fought against that. Uh, there were people of all color coming together to uh, fight for the same privilege to be Americans and to fight for this privilege, to have this freedom to accomplish anything they wanted to. You can accomplish whatever you want to in this country. It doesn't matter what color you are. You can do it. You have the freedom to do it. That's what needs to be taught to our kids. I'm going to repeat that until I'm blue in the face here on this show. That is what our kids need to hear, that yes, I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter how you talk, what you look like. Uh, what your religion is, this country was founded on everybody having the same ability to be free and to pursue their dreams. Now, not everybody has had the same ability of freedom throughout the years. We're going to admit that. We're going to own it. Uh, you, you know, slavery, uh, it's its an evil stain on this on the country. But you know what? It's an evil stain on the world. And the founding fathers did something unique when they said, we're going to have self-government. 
Uh, we're we're going to have a government of the people, by the people, for the people. We're going to govern ourselves under the guise, under this idea that all men are created equal, period. Now, whether they were treated equal at the time, we know that they weren't. But this is a brand new premise, brand spanking new, never been tried before. All men are created equal. And all men have this opportunity to pursue the life they want based upon an equality of creation, not an equality of outcomes. You're not guaranteed the same outcome. Uh, you know, we we th there was a, a war that fought, that, that was fought to... Uh, to free slavery, you know, there's there's been some some bloodshed in this country to turn things around and to change things, and you know we've documented that the you know it's unfortunately there's a group of people that don't want things to change, and it's not it's not a, a group of people that um it, you, it we can't say it's white people that don't want things to change because that's not the truth. You know, because several white men died in the Civil War. Several <laughs> white men died in the Civil War to uh, eradicate slavery. Uh, we, there is a group of people that, but that don't want things to change, and they're Democrats. And we've cataloged it here. You know, we've talked about uh, Joseph Rainey, the first black congressman in the U.S. House of Representatives, and he called the Democrats out called them out and said, I will never be a Democrat. We run from the Democrats. We, we, we black people, he said, we run from the Democrats because the Democrats are the originators and the keepers of the Ku Klux Klan. They're the originators and the keepers of keeping uh, you know, black people down. That's what he said. Now I'm, I'm paraphrasing, mind you, but you know, that was his point. That's what he was going after. And this group here, uh, embrace race. This group wants to just continue the same thing. They want to they want to teach division in our public schools at as early as kindergarten. Um, conservative activists and politicians have mounted an opposition to the ideology, barring schools from teaching it in at least in, a, in at least eighteen different states. Okay, that's not enough. 50 states in the union, only 18 of them have barred critical race teaching from being taught. That's not enough. This guide from this group, Embrace Race, they address the conservative pushback to critical race theory. They characterize it as a force of, quote, racial regression. The conservatives that are pushing back against CRT, why they are promoting racial regression. And while they've managed to capture the headlines in recent days, there is, quote, a color-brave countercurrent that's gathering momentum. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, it is gathering, you know, momentum. I'm, I'm not going to dispute that, uh, but it's not color-brave. No, it is um, It's color division. This guide also doubles down on its support of critical race theory, stating that, quote, recent eruptions about critical race theory make clear that the work of educators to engage children and honest, constructive learning about race and racism is far from over. 
and more vital than ever. Um, the operative word in that statement is the word honest, uh, because it's it's not there's there's nothing honest about it. There's nothing honest about critical race theory. It goes on to offer specific ways in which parents and teachers can most effectively push critical race theory on children, young children specifically. In a portion of the report subtitled, They're Not Too Young to Talk About Race, The Science of Early Racial Learning, that's that's the subtitle, an activist with Embrace Race argues that, quote, racial biases are often formed by the preschool and kindergarten years. Going on to point to a developmental chart that went viral on the organization's social media account and claims that silence about race reinforced racism. Okay, that is not honest. And I, I, I've, I've given you my own uh, anecdotal experience with that. Uh, personally, I, I can speak to this personally. This is not honesty. This is lies. This is falsehoods. Uh, racial biases are not formed. Not, not even the word often. They're not. They're not formed by preschool and kindergarten. Can't even say it. I'm so angry. Kindergarten children. Uh, I mean, I know that firsthand. They're, uh, mm. You okay today? <laughs> I'm, kinda, I'm getting there. Other activists shared their methods of including critical race theory in children with an organization called We Are. Okay, that's the name of it. We Are. We Are what? I mean, I could fill in a lot of blanks there. Uh, the organization discusses the anti-racist summer camps that they've held since 2016. Okay, so this group, we are, they have what they call anti-racist summer camps. What happens at these summer camps? Well, that's a great question. One of our approaches to dismantling systemic racism in education is offering summer camps for children first through fifth grade. All right, all you little first through fifth graders, come on here to the, to, to the dude ranch, and we're going to teach you about racism. We're going to teach you how not to be racist by being racist. <laughs> In these camps, quote, we have trained anti-racist educators, helping children build healthy racial identities by teaching them about race, racism, its impact on communities, and how to actively resist racism in our communities. All right, you're teaching first through fifth graders who don't know a thing about racism. They're colorblind. They don't know a thing about it. And you're teaching them how to be racist. You're teaching them how to pay attention to somebody based upon the color of their skin, because that's what you do. That's what you do. You you don't look at people and judge them as as, as King said, by the content of their character. No, you did what, what King said you should not do, and that is judge them by the color of their skin. That's that's exactly what's happening at these summer camps. I, I'm telling you, that's what's happening. These anti-racist summer camps, these kids are coming out to be racist. Mm. 
one portion of the guide titled New Directions for Anti-Racism Research, White Children's Understanding of Structural Racism. That's, that's the title. It reads this, research points toward teaching about structural racism as a way to promote more anti-racist worldviews in early childhood. That, that's what research points towards. What, what research are you citing? I want to know what I want to know what your research is. You just throw out the word research, and it means nothing to me unless you've got a footnote here. Really, you 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 cite research that points toward teaching about structural racism as a way to promote anti-racist worldviews in early childhood. No, it's going to do the exact opposite. It's going to create racists and 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 young children, and that's exactly what you want. Hmm. Another entry in the guide is called Nurturing Children's Racial Learning, One Talk at a Time. Uh, and it prepares children, It er, the portion urges parents to prepare their children to, quote, handle racialized moments and be change agents in their environments by having courageous conversations about race. Handle racialized moments so you're, you're, you're instilling in these kids, hey, look for these. You know, you look for these racialized moments, and here's how you handle it, but be on the lookout for it, uh, when in fact, they should just leave the kids alone. Let the kids grow up together. Let them be best friends together without any mention of race, uh, and it will make their lives a thousand times better, because you won't be hiding from them. Uh, this ability to to see and hear beauty. I mean, that's where the pain comes in, is when we 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 fail to see and hear beauty, according to Michelangelo. And uh, I tend to agree with him. Well, I've got a stack of stuff here, and I, I didn't get to hardly any of it. Uh, I didn't even get to finish this article. I mean, there is just, folks, I'm telling you, uh, we have we have much to do. We have much ground to cover this year. We have got to stand up and and, and defend our kids. They need a proper education in this country. Um, they need it, and there's a way to deliver it. And this isn't it. All right, we will talk more about it uh, in days to come. That's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the dean's list. Let's unite to renovate the age.